Welcome to the Beat from the True Wellness Center. I'm your host, Kelly Kennedy. And the Beats is truly from my heart to yours to help you empower and inspire you to learn how the body actually does work. I am bringing you my friends, my colleagues, the most incredible minds from around the world that I have been able to learn from. And I want to share them all with you. So that's what the Beats is really about, is teaching people what I've been able to learn about how the body works and trying to give that to you in a very simple and practical way to give you things to change your life because you got this. This is all about you and having the ability to heal your own body from within. And that's really my message is from my heart to yours. Welcome to the beats. Welcome to learning how your body works and welcome to opening your heart. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your time and your attention as we focus in on this week's episode of The Beats. Okay, so welcome back to The Beats with Kelly Kennedy. And I am absolutely thrilled to have one of my dearest friends, Dr. Kathy Yo, here joining us today. And as you all know, I set the tone before we start the podcast, and I've started to do this with you all. So I have a tuning fork of 432. As we know, there's no one perfect tuning fork for all the systems of the body. However, 432 has been known for known as the heart frequency. Hmm. And Kathy is definitely in my heart. Since oh. I met at I met her two years ago, Christine, Dr. Schaffner and I um, just fell in love with her instantly. And I get to only see her a couple times a year, but they are absolutely precious and special moments with her. And I am just thrilled to bring this work of hers to our audience and to our community today because Kat started out, and I only mean Dr. Kathy Yo is brilliant. She deserves her doctorate and all. No, no, I prefer Kat. I'm gonna call her Kat because she is just that. Yes. And Kat is more traditionally trained and she, I'm going to let her go through her story a little bit, but what she's delved into is exactly what we know. Sound, light, and information is how the body heals. And so as we're doing this podcast today, because I'm inside <laughs> and not outside, mm. I have my sound. I have my full spectrum laser light watch and I have my my health device to set the tone to make sure that I am staying in the flow state. And that is my attention and focus today that Kat and I both stay in the flow state to help this audience really understand at a deep level as we dive deeply into her work to understand why we focus more on vibration and frequency, knowing that that's the real medicine and that the future of medicine is now. And that today, both Kat and I, with our verbal and nonverbal language, will incite and engage and enlighten those that are listening, all those that they share this with, that their self-healing capacity is the best physician and the only physician that they need to work with. And that, that they too can learn how their body works. And it's not this big mystery and it's not as hard as they think. And mm -hmm. it's a heck of a lot of fun. And we come from the heart and we share this truly from our hearts to yours today. So welcome to The Beats, and Kat, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Kelly. You just nourish my soul. Just being here makes me so happy, and you know, that's what healing is all about. So I would love our audience to explore nourishment from different aspects than just this, um, the paradigm of materialistic. And, and just to give you a sense, I'm going to kind of start at the end, and then we're going to wrap this up. So okay. I am wearing a necklace today that I've never worn on the podcast. I've actually only worn it two times in my life. The first mm -hmm. time I wore it was about three weeks ago, two weeks ago. And Ian has given me this necklace as an heirloom from his family. And I don't normally wear gold. I wear silver. And when I was going on a trip, I just, I just felt like I needed to take this necklace. And this necklace, when I wore it, I just can only explain that it created magic. And, and within three or four hours of putting this on, I was able to get Ian an opportunity to work with some of the best-selling book authors and 
people that know how to write books because Ayn has mm. a lot of books in him, as we all know, and he's mm. really incredible. And so mm. I was able to connect him with people that were going to help him really get his book published and out there. And I really feel like his aunt who made, who created this necklace, this is a one of a kind necklace. It has a Buddha with a, um, a tiger's eye in it. And what's so special about Cuzzy is Cuzzy was kind of like a mother to Ian. She was called his aunt, but it was his cousin. It's this whole family thing, you know. But what's so special about Cuzzy is that she never had children, and she really adopted Ian in a lot of ways as her own. And her husband was, and I kind of get this wrong sometimes, Ian, I'm sure will correct me, but he was like the nephew of the Duke of Sweden, I think it was. And they just had a fair amount of money. And... What she was able to do was start the Simeon Foundation in this country, and she rescued monkeys from labs, and she worked directly with Jane Goodall. <sighs> I have not seen Kat in about four weeks, and she just told me before we started on screen that she was going to start a new project. And what is that project, Kat? Uh, I'm, we'll be working with gorillas mainly in Uganda and hopefully in Cameroon in um, that region in the rainforest because I think um, understanding origin is incredibly important, uh, even especially in quantum physics, our responsibility is to connect the spirituality and the art and the origin and for people to actually manifest this physically, um, but we have to know where things came from along the way we just keep adding and adding new information new gadgets new supplements new medicine but then we kind of forget where we came from and we have to kind of go back not the cos cosmo cosmo the earth is uh, the reflection of the cosmo but human is a reflection of the earth so we actually need to master the earth so for that we need to go where humanity began and for me that's Africa and also it has very much to do with the sound and music project that I'm working on especially more of the ethology and linguistic there's a very specific big um, mathematical statistics if you will of how the language was a pattern certain way as well as ethology is basically study of the behavior of animals and humans and where it kind of music began and I believe that Africa has what I'm looking for because I've, I've looked everywhere else. <laughs> and, you know, for me, it just, you can't make this stuff up. Like I've worn this necklace two times my entire life. And <laughs> weeks ago, magic happened. I was smart. I was like, I got to wear it. Cats. Blah, blah, blah. And come on. She started talking about gorillas. And I was like, okay, now I know why I'm wearing her necklace. And just as an FYI, everybody, I wanted to own monkeys my whole life. I wanted to rescue monkeys. I never wanted to have kids necessarily. I love Silas. I love him. I love him. And I'm glad I have him as my son. However, I never thought I was going to have kids. I always thought I was going to rescue monkeys. I did not know anything about Ian's aunt. And when I met Ian and he told me how he grew up in a house with 21 monkeys and what that was like, I changed. I was like, yeah, I don't think I want monkeys. Didn't know that was like really what that was about. That was a lot of work. But how, like that's. I pulled that into my universe and I, yeah, exactly. I feel this so much. I totally agree with you. If we forget where we come from, we're on our way back yeah. and let's not de-evolve, let's evolve. Yes. And so the only way we're going to do that is keep looking at all the things mm -hmm. and understanding and connecting the dots for mm -hmm. the truth. And that's yes. how I see Kat. Kat is a truth seeker. Cat has never stopped. So tell us about your journey because you didn't start off with like, I'm going to go study sound and dance in Africa on gorillas. That's certainly not where you started. Yes, I feel like um, smart little cookie you. Yes, I think uh, obviously I think I am making that circle. You know, we all go through different seasons and you could very much see this pattern in life. So I love water. I'm a surfer. And you could see this in the waves is a really classic example. And just, you know, as the waves build up, so there is a birth, there is a growth or sustainability. And as the waves crash, the water color changes. And of course, the sound changes and the water goes from the white crash back to the blue. So it's this cycle. And I feel like being born in Korea, um, coming to America at the age of 14, you know, I want nothing but to be American. <laughs> 
and I pursue that and now I'm sort of going back to that crashing back to the blue where I am really embracing um, my origin and now things are starting to make sense and thanks to the universe and thanks to my path uh, meeting up with you and Christian and this like-minded people uh, that this sort of the movement of consciousness and quantum coherence movement is kind of really paving the way to bridge the gap from different cultures and different understanding of what true healing means so coming from eastern uh, culture um, and I think I talk about this quite a bit in many interviews is that um I grew up um, with two very strong female figures in my life. And my mother was a classical pianist, quite well known. Um, so she traveled quite a bit. So I was, and my father was also traveling for work. So my grandmother was really more of my mother and she was very much present in that transition of child to adolescenthood. And she was the first female medical doctor in Korea. Wow, so I didn't know she, that. Like, yeah. yeah, so she was in the historian book, in the museum. And um, so she, you know, my father's side, they are more of the herbalists, acupuncturists, and some shamans. And my mother's sides are all the scholars and the academia. They're all like Harvard grads and these pioneers in um, allopathic medicine. But being a pioneer, my grandmother, and having gone through World War II and Korean War, she very much focused on um, natural instinct and how, and I talk about this actually with Christine quite a bit, is this duality that we see in the quantum field that sometimes it could be wave, sometimes it could be particle. So there are a lot of things that make us so powerful but I think there are times that we also need to make ourselves really, really, really small. <laughs> and we see this in nature, you know, nature is very focused and it's very much embodied in its, um, its identity, but it's not up to us. Um, tomorrow we could just be gone, you know? So she showed us when you live in this poverty and scarcity, you have no choice but to stay very focused. And that's when you realize you're maximum potential and you become creative and you tap into different dimensions of life but then also during the war you just simply don't know if you're going to be here tomorrow so it's really about at the time being illusion being present so everything that we're discussing in this scientific matter I think that my grandmother ingrained in me but more on hands-on so Growing up, every morning we forage spring water and we used to study water. And she would tell me how one spring um, water is more quality than the other. And it wasn't just about the vortex, of course, but it was very much of the sound of the water. And often we had to close our eyes and listen to the sound of the spring. So we studied that. We very much studied the geometry, uh, visiting the Buddhist uh, monasteries and so I'm glad a lot of people are practicing sound medicine with a singing bowl and the gong. And in, in Korea, it's a little bit different. We have four different gongs over there. Timing is different, repetition. But for me, it's something that was like eating rice and brushing my teeth. <laughs> and then I came to America and it's kind of like fascia. You know, fascia has been around for quite some time, you know. It's a bit of a grandmother. It's like fiber. All of a sudden you call fiber prebiotic. It's like sexy all over. <laughs> so it's really interesting that I came to America and people kind of brought this part of Eastern wisdom or, you know, other ancient wisdom, whatever it may be, and call it a different names and have different resonance. And, um, and for me, it was a kind of fascinating. And now I think it's we're at that very much of melting pot transcultural place where people come together um, so it's really an ex exciting time but that was sort of my background and my grandmother uh, and then my mother being um, a classical musician and she was uh, I don't know how much involved you are in um, uh, astrology and uh, in in Korea we we have Chinese zodiac so not at the, uh, it's different um, so my mother was born in the year of a horse and then within the horse there is what's called white horse and it only happens some people say every hundred years some people say 40 60 years so it's very rare traditionally uh, being a woman in a horse ear is a curse 
you become usually they become presidents, leaders, entrepreneurs, outside of the box thinkers, and usually the tradition was kind of actually leave him in the forest and have the tigers eat the enemies. So my mother was born in the year of White Horse, and then she became a classical pianist. Very different than that era of woman's role as being yeah. a good housewife and all that. And she made sure that I looked at life and health in terms of musicality. So that very much applied and stayed with me even during my chiropractic training. My mentor would say just the way somebody talk, the way they breathe and the way they move, say everything about themselves. And of course, at the time, I didn't understand because I didn't want to be a pianist. And of course, she wanted me to. Um, but now I could everything is coming together, right? And that's kind of the karma, you know, you don't understand that how it's gonna come back, but four decades later, here I am. How'd you get into chiropractic? So your grandmother raised you? Yeah, so all my families were doctors and, yeah. you know, it was just kind of something I was destined to. And it's just funny because my grandmother was a medical doctor. Um, she didn't want my mom to be a medical doctor. My mom wanted to be a medical doctor. She's very stoic and very intellectual. And because she went through two wars and she said, no, you're going to do something very feminine, like dance or music. So she became a pianist. Meanwhile, she really wanted to pursue doctor. And then I personally wanted to become an actress. And my mom said, there's no way you're going to be an actress. You know? <laughs> so then I, we made a deal. So I double major in pre-med and more specifically bioinformatics and genome project. And then major in theater. So, so we made a deal. And then I went on to New York, did uh, off-Broadway. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to medical school. I was miserable. <laughs> And I just felt that chiropractic uh, was more of an art based. And number one, I didn't have to wear the scrubs and you know, just being in the hospital was so depressing for me. And then chiropractic was just balanced. I feel like even at the time I didn't know I went and you know, it was one of those calling, uh, it called me then, then I pursued it. And because you realize, because even a theater work, I'm not into film. I was more performing as a theater stage uh, actress in Alexander Technique, it's all about really visceral reaction than squeezing the emotion out of you. There's really no faking. It's actually an embodiment in stage work because it's happening at a real time than filming. So we did a lot of structure work. And then I realized that chiropractic was definitely more of a healing arts in the base of the philosophy, the power that created the body heals the body. And then of course, um, in the science is a nervous system. And then this is where fascia becomes incredibly important because my specialty was in craniopathy and visceral manipulation. So basically what we're assessing before even mobilizing, we're more of stabilizing and body does the flow. So we look at body as a flow system and what we're looking for is the rhythm. So for me, it somewhat satisfy my aesthetic sense than the mechanical and it was somewhat balanced. So I felt that chiropractic kind of fit my personality. But of course my family, they were very upset because it was not a real medicine. <laughs> and, and as you were studying, as a, you were working now as a chiropractor. Yes. How did that go, Kat? What happened? It was that? fantastic. Uh, I just, you know, I, I actually really miss hands-on. I think hands-on is really truly the only way. I mean, I shouldn't say it's the only way because I do believe in non-local. Um, and that's really what this whole uh, conversation is about. But touching, you know, all medicine began with a touch. And it's within the touch. Issues, as I like to say, like yeah. you can do frequency, you can do sound, you can do light, right? But if it's hitting a wall, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, There's something just all medicine started with that intention and very much based on, I don't even like to say intuition because we're on earth level. So for me, in, um, instinct is something I think is more useful. Uh, right now, I think that's kind of what we're deficient in. And then just touch because it's an exchange of energy, very much like the water being the medium. Uh, so it was fantastic. I think it was more of uh, the the bureaucratic part dealing with insurance and the business aspect was kind of draining me 
and then just naturally um, nutrition and the cleansing inner purification makes sense that kind of went hand in hand, hand in hand with the structure work and it actually started uh, personally I was uh, practicing in Spain at the time and uh, my mother was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer so I had to come to come back to United States so that's kind of I kind of went into nutrition and started with a living food and she did go through conventional treatment but during that time we were doing very very conscious diet based and then I opened up a wellness practice where we did the structural work very much a lot of cranial visceral fascia work and then at the whole detoxification program so yes and then that evolved into now you're working with people doing more retreats and whole and long distance treatments and i'm i'm sure it had something to do with the immersion concept but if you could talk a little bit about how that transitioned because i i think that your path is super interesting and i think that what's exciting to me as i said in the beginning like you're such a truth seeker and I think what Christine and you and I both all agree upon is like, there's got to be a faster, easier, more efficient way for people to be well. <laughs> so I absolutely agree. Yeah. And, and I know that's your path as well. So I want them to go through this journey because we all love all these different modalities that we're going to talk about. Yes. Yes. And, and I want all the listeners to understand that we too have been down this path. We have, mm -hmm. and we keep walking, which is why, and we keep hearing and mm -hmm. listening and we keep getting pulled to the mm -hmm. more efficient, effective, instinctual ways that we mm -hmm. heal. I love that. I'm going to make that shift today. Um, and, and I just think it's beautiful. So if you could just keep walking us through your journey. Okay. So I'm in practice. I'm loving and I'm doing touch. I'm doing hands-on. I'm Yes. Doing I think, well, first thing first, I didn't want to be in, um, in uh united states that's i'm gonna throw that one there i particularly in this region that i was in because at the time i was in spain and i came back and even that is part of my beautiful struggle you know um but a lot of times it has to do with not listening to your heart and this is where i encourage my students in my course uh, how important it is to find a nourishment, not just through food alone. We, the research has confirmed. And again, when we read some of this research, it's really, really sit back 99% of time, you know, under the sun, there's nothing new. They're not talking about anything new. It's just, like I said about, you know, fascia. Now we're, we use different word like matrix and, or fiber It's so grandma. So now we make it sexy, like prebiotics, you know? So it's the same way with heart coherence. I truly believe that art came before science, just like sound came before light. Sequence matters, just like in detoxification. And that's why your work with the lymphatic system and fascia is such a unifier. Once you understand fascia, then you understand everything else because life is motion and motion is life. So we Woo! need to just got full body chills when you said that. Let's let's hold that for a second, let that land. When you understand fascia, you understand everything. It's a unifier. It's a unifier. Because yeah. sound is light and light is sound. Yeah, and cells communicate in light language, but you could also create light through sound. So it's the same with water. Water holds that what we call information. So it's water is just a solvent. You know, I just launched this hair detox uh, hair growth serum, and a lot of people will say, "Oh, what are the ingredients?" And I said, "Well, it's in the they're in the label. You could read the ingredients, but that's not the active ingredient. The active ingredient is the chi." and that she is in vibration, but who created the vibration? And I think that's kind of what we're seeking when we say we seek truth, whether you are, um, you know, Orthodox Jew or uh, Christians or Buddhists or just agnostic scientists, we all want to experience the, the beauty and the splendor of life itself. We all want the same thing because that's imprinted in our DNA, however you want to call it you're not going to miss out on the experience of the beauty as long as uh, you're seeking that um, that truth, right? So I think that's what it is. And for me, the nourishment I feel like I didn't have growing up in Korea was coming from such academia uh, world. And because I excelled intellectually, and that's what 
my family or the society wanted to see. But I very much excelled artistically, but because of my, you know, I, my mother, she was a single mother and we immigrated and we had very beautiful struggles. Um, you, you start to have strategies, you know, just like the relationship that we are right now. I think the reason I am so, so fond of you and Christine is like, it's like that click, it's that nourishment that I've been looking for. And that's a form of nourishment, right? Um, the worst, all I wish I heard was the cat, you could do it, you know, but I didn't have it. So, but I'm very grateful for the work that I did because look where it brought me, right? So now I could share with the humanity. So now we know that nourishment doesn't just come in food. It comes through sound. It comes through light. We know that one third of the energy we could literally readily available through the sun, through our biological chlorophyll melanin. Uh, all these things are there. And there's something about the voice, the words, the linguistic pattern that just really sort of intrigued me and everything is in form of vibration. So I went to Africa and I've done a lot of mission work in Africa for chiropractic, but this time I felt that I needed to go there for the conservation for wildlife. Because what I noticed is about five years before I decided to sell my practice, it was that one year I remember in Pennsylvania, usually it's brutally cold in winter. And I remember in the middle of December, people were wearing shorts. And then what I correlated was just more and more people start to have Lyme diseases, including dogs. And I actually didn't know much about infectious diseases. Um, just living in Pennsylvania, you have no choice but to learn about Lyme diseases. And I saw one or two cases. I remember the first time I practiced and then starting, I, I just clearly remember because my birthday is in August and I always remember growing up, it's very hot and it wasn't so cold, leaves were turning yellow and orange already, you know, it's just something was changing in my environment. And then in my clinic, I start to see one, like I remember one month I was seeing five cases and then two months later, I was seeing 30 cases to the point that it exponentially just grew. And anytime you go to a lot of conferences and seminars, we're talking about treating, you know, and it's so counterproductive because people spend tremendous money and effort into getting rid of Lyme disease. And then of course we can't forget about the co-infections and the toxicities such as the mold. Uh, but then what I realized that we are, same thing with any other pathogen, parasites, mold, the same thing. Uh, they're all climate dependent. You know, there's a story with the, the frog and the scorpion and they say, okay, if I help you, you're not gonna stick me and at the end scorpion. And he says, why did you lie to me? He says, it's my natural instinct. It's my nature. That's yeah. what ticks do. Just in case people don't know, ticks right. follow the climate. You know, if soil can't retain moisture, guess what? The rain, it's not the farmer's rain anymore. Nowadays, it just pours or we have a drought. Of course, if soil can't retain moisture, it's going to sip into your house. And then we blame on the mold. You know, same thing with the parasites. There's what's called ideal pH level, but we don't talk about it because climate is something so overwhelming. And I very much witnessed it when I was in Africa. And then of course the sentimental part of me and the sound project that I was very already interested in the sound of um, elephants uh, because they're very, very, yeah, they're incredible creatures and they communicate through the ground. So I, over there, I went there for anti-poaching. We had the rifles and everything and just made sure that these precious creatures, especially with the rhinos and the elephants were being protected. And I said, like you said, there's gotta be a faster way to get this message. And I felt really strong responsibility as health practitioner to communicate this. Environment is the primary determinant. And as Jane Goodall says, the greatest threat is empathy, lack of empathy. So I sold my practice that summer and started this journey. And she's best all over the world. So yeah, now I'm just um, trying to see, I'm still a work in progress. How can I communicate this in a language that people listen with their heart, not just intellectually, so.
And so talk us, talk to us a little bit about the sound therapy that you employ. Sure. How you teach people this, because I know a lot of people are familiar more with sound baths. Mm -hmm. and somebody else. Binaural beats. Yeah. Binaural beats. Sound yeah. And they're all wonderful. I think it's, I really consider myself as an artist. I come from fine arts background and happen to be good at science. I think it's time to make science beautiful again. You know, I, I definitely consider myself as a Renaissance girl. So kind of the polymath Leonardo da Vinci who perfected in the science of the art and art of the science, they really need to be united. So uh, it's the same thing with the sound. It's wonderful that people are introducing sound as a medicine and there are ample studies that prove that it's real. And I, I will certainly kind of uh, connect that to your work in fascia. But I think just as a healing artist, um, I'm, I don't really know much, but just kind of doing what I think makes sense. So I don't even know if there are rules that I'm breaking or there are rules. And that is just starting with Inyad Khan. He was a Sufi uh, philosopher and poet and musicologist from India. He said, to study music, you have to live like music. You don't just perform or practice for two hours. It's like meditation. You live like one, you embody it. Um, and he also said the music was uh, the art of all arts and science of all sciences. So if you understand music, you know everything there is to understand. So just having heavily trained in classical music since I was five, I, I, I do have a perfect pitch. And I think that's why my mom is still grieving that I didn't become a, a pianist. And of course, if I was going to be a musician, I'll be like, a hip hop singer, <laughs> you know, I wanted to do completely opposite of the rigidity. And that's kind of where I'm going. I want people to be the evidence themselves. I think sound bath is fantastic. Um, same thing with a singing bowl and the gong. Everyone has a completely different experience. So it's really this infinity sign, infinity sign, right? This figure eight. You, when you give, you take, you give and take, and it is the yin and yin that continues life to evolve. So it's more of an exchange. And I think I just want people to live like music. And if I could get them to start it with binaural beats and introducing the delta or the theta waves, uh, or classical music, which is much more uh, effective initially for the brain, because that's what we're conditioned. It, it's more logical. And but overtones, it, can, it holds a lot of overtones. And we have found with Sound of Soul and Rasmus' work that overtones is one of the most healing frequencies because it is the most common in nature. Yes. When he did all his work with Masaramoto with the water crystals, and he, they finally worked with Mar Marie Caliente, um, to create a Schwartz, uh, uh, Schwartz, what is that crystal company? Schwartz off crystals, you know, that crystal company. They wanted to create a crystal that represented her voice, mm -hmm. the overtones. And he showed us the water changing to overtones and I could not stop weeping. I the yeah. were run to watch the water crystal and hear her voice. It resonated in my whole body. Like I have until I got on Sound of Soul, I had never felt anything like that in my life. Yes, was, yes. So that's why I say to people, if you have nothing else, listen to classical music, Mozart, Bach, Beethoven, they all hold the overtone. Am I wrong? Kat? You're absolutely right. And we could kind of analyze it. We could say that it's the overtone and it, it's the tempo, it's the phrasing, and there are different ways. And uh, Mozart definitely knew the universe law of nature. Uh, you know, and when we kind of think about it, um, even some of these amazing musicians, they're more of the conduits. They didn't do it. It just God came and the music actually conducted their hands. Yeah. I think that's basically kind of what happened. So I think where my interest is, and I, I certainly use classical music initially, and especially because I'm dealing with really, really sick patients, we do have to kind of start with the technicality, and that's where they're fantastic technologies. But more and more I study music, I try to kind of um, stay away from devices, because even in spiritual, um, spiritually speaking, 
there are different sort of levels of miracles that happen and uh, whether we're dealing with the shamans in the jungles or whether you're dealing with uh, some of the gurus in India or whoever the miracle workers, uh, we need less tools and the power is actually in our will. It's in the faith that heals you. So I've learned that even spiritually, less materials, tools that we use, and we could really channel that energy into the willpower. Um, that's what I've learned. And I think that could be very much applied in music. So I think the luxury, new luxury is really in more of the space and silence than the thing itself. And I think this is where Fasha could kind of reveal that, make that sense for you. So I would really love, like Qigong is a wonderful um, uh, method that I encourage people because it's a movement. You are creating infrared light and you are making the sound, right? Uh, so initially making the sound helps with the nitric oxide production. If you wanna listen to it for your vagal stimulation, all those things are necessary. I also use Rife initially if it's necessary. Um, but eventually I want people to get into that um, integrative state. So we see this in music, there are different levels of entrainment. So entrainment, just, I'm sure you know, it's the images as well as your body's response, like your heart rate, pulse rate, and all body and mind synchronization. This visualization happens in the beginning, like the functional medicine, functional foods, functional exercise, the way to evaluate someone's well-being based on their functionality is so far from the truth, <laughs> you know. But on an earth level, it's nice to see someone function cells to function well. Um, but your aesthetic self will definitely not be satisfied, and that's where your heart coherence will reveal that to you. So initially, even in entrainment with music, uh, initially it's for sensory response to elicit some sort of emotions and sensory. But we could see it in images and in treatment, it's more of daydreaming. Then we get into psychological part. And this is where we could influence our endocrine system and for neurotransmitters. And then you start to see more of a collective images. And then we get into the symbolic part um, that has a little bit more profound meanings. And then we get into spiritual or we say transcendental. Um, that dimension, we stimulate the soul. And now we have completely different meaning of life, right? So I would like to get there. And I think my work is telling people you could get there without having to go through these steps. Yeah. Like we said, we could get there. And for me, that is being in the right place and right time. And that's called alignment. And alignment is very important in structure in fascia and the matrix and, you know, in this biomechanical integrity of our of our body and and i completely that's why we're friends agree with you um from the person from all the perspectives but i would and i it, by the way just for point of fact i don't have to agree with all my friends i have plenty of friends i don't agree with but it's why we are so heart-centered and why we are collaborating as we move forward because we are completely in resonance and alignment with how we understand the body heals and how we can facilitate that healing. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so for me on the physical level, when we say alignment, I'm literally, wa I'm walking into a cafe this morning to pick up my smoothie and my avocado toast. Oh my God, I'm so happy. I moved like 30 seconds away from this place. I'm so freaking thrilled about <laughs> it. And so I'm walking in and this woman is walking out and I just wanted to grab her and be like, can you come to my center today? I mean, her shoulders are misaligned, mm. her hips are misaligned, you know, and I'm sure as a chiropractor, you, that's all you see. Yeah. As a body worker, and, and as I've said for years, like going to events with chiropractors and body workers, like it's one thing when I go to a bunch of events with a bunch of physicians, medical mm -hmm. doctors, honestly, I don't think about my neck and I don't think about my body structure as much but I feel the eyes of the chiropractors and the body workers as I'm walking through or if I'm on stage and they're like, hmm, look at her neck, look at this, look at this. Mm. And I'm hyper aware of it because mm -hmm. I've become so hyper aware of it in the human anatomy to go, mm -hmm. okay, go up against that white wall. And I really look at the symmetry and I look at 
because those are blockades and what I call the body is the antenna. Can you explain that in your, what you see and why the cranial sacral rhythm is so key for this and how that attaches the fascia? Oh. Go ahead, yes. Go. Yes, yes. So there is a way that we could force things to happen, and there are times that we need it. You know, we call this paraphysiological zone where things for it to move. Because a lot of people, like yogis, will say, "Well, I could adjust myself by exercising." To a certain extent, you could definitely train your muscles, but there's only—it's just very basically like based on the law of physics. Sometimes you need an impulse for things to move, so we call the paraphysiological zone when we actually adjust. Um, so we can mechanically sometimes need a thrust, but usually for people to hold a symmetry, going kind of back to the willpower, and that's why we can't separate from the the vibration and the intention and the willpower and going back to the work of the fascia uh, because the whole is greater than the sum of its parts so structural integrity it could happen of course from physical injury obviously from a whiplash or the most common ones that I see is not so much of macro traumas, but repetitive motion. Like if you're a mother of five and you're just constantly doing laundry in the same motion. We also see this. I, I used to address a lot of um, symphony musicians. If you're, they're doing the same thing, this is not considered trauma, but if this is what they're doing seven hours a day for 30 years, obviously you're going to see this, right? So there is that repetition. But usually what allows people to hold that structure has to do with alignment. And it's not just alignment in the physical part. And what do I mean by physical? Well, within the physical, we have what's called connective tissue. So I think your audience knows enough about lymphatic system. So I don't, that's kind of the prerequisite. Go listen to the first hundred episodes. Yeah, exactly. Every other word. So exactly. Okay. It's just, it's just you know about the lymphatic system exactly. from the lymph queen, if not go back and listen. So assume they yeah. know. Okay. But from a structural point of view, the posture point of view, lymphatic system obviously is very important because it's different than other system like circulatory system with, or the blood with the heart. Lymphatic system is solely based on your breath, which is very um, comparable to the qi in Chinese medicine or the movement. Uh, and from lymphatic system is in the fascia and fascia is embedded in extra, extracellular matrix. I will just stop there for the structure part. Basically fascia is what holds it together or the extracellular matrix is what holds it together. And it's something that we can't pull it apart because it's connected to every cell to the other. So the minute you try to adjust one area, but not consider the other. So it's better to look at the whole system and see where the blockages is instead of trying to force something that is fixated to mobilize it because everyone is in communication. So I think that's where even the structural work that I do Listening to the rhythm of CSF, I consider it to be the primary rhythm even before the heartbeat began. The cerebral spine is CSF fluid that starts with a cranial sacral. The very first thing as a baby, the first posture that we create is the cervical. And then we begin to crawl and then we begin to walk and then we have lower doses, kyphosis, lower doses. But basically what we're doing is no different than the ducks and the horses that we're actually rocking and wiggling our tail the whole time. But that movement is for the CSF to continue to flow. And then of course, that's where the magic of the lymphatic system and fascia begins. Through movement, through flow system, that's how life evolves. So I think for people to really correct their posture, you cannot separate the, the subconscious part, the conscious part, your intention, your emotional trauma, your core values. Because a lot of times what I see, of course, biochemical part too, is that it's easy to actually get people out of pain, but the hardest part is to maintain it. And that ma the maintenance, I cannot do it. They have to have that will. 
you know, and that of course includes the exercise that need to do awareness of their posture. But a lot of times our physical posture is a representation of what's in our mind. I did not expect that I was gonna talk about this, but let's talk about this. So, and I gotta be sensitive to time because yes. at some point I gotta pick up my kid. Okay, really quick story for everybody. Everybody knows I've been on a journey with the Joe Dispenza events with Dr. Christine and my friend, Dr. Uh, Heather Parisi. And so we were at our second event in August. Mm. And I, all you guys and ladies know my story about the car accident and all the things and what Kat is saying is so true. So you know that I've struggled with pain only when I meditated for 20 years. And then I did Sadhguru's um, yoga, particular movement of wellness. And it all went away when I was sitting. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna do that yoga pose every day. It's amazing, it's so simple. And I taught it to everybody over the last few years and it's been incredible. And it, all my pain was away, whether I was in meditation or not. And the only time I ever experienced pain when I was meditating, by the way, was the front of my shoulders and right where what has been determined or called a doubter's hump. Mm -hmm. And emotionally, it has affected me because I teach the flow state and yet my vagal nerve looked like it was being pinched. And yet I'm all about symmetry and I hang out with all these body workers and they're all like, and, you know, and this was like a constant thing. So then it goes away. And then I start doing John Barnes's myofascia work because oh, I love him, love him, love him. More love about him. the fascia than I possibly could. So yes. in one person's class I haven't taken is John Barnes. So of course we got to give homage to John. Love Barnes. his work. Love, love his, his work. work. He please look into people that do MFR level two that really do this. If you want good body workers, they're amazing. He's right down the road. So I go to take his class in Savannah. And I have one of the most intense, amazing experiences over those five days. I saw you the next week at Cellcourt. And then the week after that, we went to Joe Dispenza. And I was oh, wow. really good until I sat in silence with my body after I just unleashed so much shit at the fascia, so much stuff at the fascia um, class two weeks ago. And now I'm sitting in silence. And all this body pain came up in these two shoulders. And the first two days I kept looking at Christine and Heather like, that's an amazing meditation. I was like, really? I struggled for four hours because all I could feel was the pain in my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And finally, at one of the last days, I was looking at my physical body and I looked at my shoulders like in my mind and I was like, I'm tired of talking to you out here. So I'm gonna talk to you out in the field. What the hell are you here to teach me? My father was six, seven. And I was very present to the fact that all of a sudden that I always thought my father was here to teach me about, you know, I had bad posture growing up because I was really tall as a, as a young girl and it was very weird and people, mm. you know, you, you don't understand that cat. Cause you know, we come from different ethnicities for sure. <laughs> my, my pants are from like 14, 16. My mom still buys me. I want to wrap Kat in my pocket and put her in my pocket. She's so tiny. I love her so much. And I'm just like this big Amazon next door. But anyway, so I real in, in a meditation, I saw that the crucifixion of Jesus was more a, not to be a crucifixion, to teach us that the light is within, within us mm -hmm. and that what my father was here to aligned me with was my beautiful height and that I could extend my arms and stand up straight and the light would shine out about six feet from my body if I did that. Hmm. And as that realization came and as I've unwound that for the last three weeks, four weeks, I've had many other people affirm this information and what was only remaining is a left shoulder pain somebody said to me all you have to do is spread your wing it's your wing stop making like it's hard and that emotional shift in my body took all my body pain away mm -hmm. and for 20 some odd years i have not been able to do something in my physical body mm -hmm. that yesterday i was sitting in this room with sarah and i go oh my god did you just see what i just did i went hold on i'm gonna do it for everybody watch this i went oh my god I've never, 
ever in 25 years been able to get my two hands to touch on my back because I emotionally and in the field in meditation resolve the emotional components the grief of my dad's death there was a lot more I didn't go into because we don't have time to go into it there was my dad's grief there was me stepping into the role of who I am me Mm. not being ashamed at how much uh, power that I wield inside my body because of how in alignment I am with God and Mm. nature because of how in alignment I am with me but I do not find it it does not escape me the comedy that god had to crack my head open and give me a scar on top of my head and literally crack my head open for me to get this lesson (laughs) because incredible physical spiritual mental are one it's to talk about it separately it's already kind of silly right it's kind of silly so silly and it was it's sound and light and frequency and me allowing the light to shine throughout my body and being able to face the dark nights of my soul that are in my body to help me align all those parts of me so I can become the person I know I am. So I can lift others up to realize who you all are because we all have this light, this wonderful, amazing healing capacity inside our body. And we have all the stories that are holding us back inside our body. I think that's the key right there. I think it's, I really, my uh, biggest intention for healing approach right now is and I'm not saying we need to go back to the ancient medicine. Like people think it's like as if we're going back. It's more of a new way of thinking. So they have a lot to teach us. As I say, we just keep, it's kind of like a hoarding situation, even in our mind, even like this constant biohacking. I don't think we need to learn anything more. I think we need to master doing the same thing over and over and again. That's how you become a good performer. Whether you're an athlete, musician, artist, you do the same thing. And that's what I've learned from master healers. But your story is incredible. And to kind of go with that and why fascia is so important, it's incredibly, it's good to receive and be in the past motion uh, and in that mode to receive uh, that work. What I would want people to truly experience empowerment uh, is feeling it in your body. And I want people to know that you could do it anytime, anywhere. And that's the quickest way. And for me, where I'm going with this is starting with a fascia within the extracellular matrix. Um, and then Dr. James uh, Oshman, right? He's, yeah, he's the one, I think he's a beautiful scientist and his work is basically, I value quality. <laughs> so good art. He's his work is truly a masterpiece so basically living matrix is what connects everything to everything it's like eating this delicious soup and people what we tend to do is oh what are the ingredients of the soup so then you eat chunk of carrots and onions and you drink hot water well that's not the same as eating the whole soup and then who made that soup right is that your grandmother with her bare hands or is that the busy person or did you just blend it we're all going to have a completely different experience with the same formula and same ingredients. And that's basically what living matrix is that the minute you try to take it apart, you can't even see what it is. And then all connective tissues that form this extracellular matrix, which where fascia is embedded in, that's really the first step that we need to detox. A lot of people are interested in detoxification. It's the first place that we need to drain. What's interesting is that as all connective tissue form to connect to um, plasma membrane, it is connected through what's called integral membrane protein, which happen to be quite sensitive to sound and light. So back in the day, St. Georgie, he was the father of biochemist chemistry, and he was the co-founder of vitamin C. He said, basically, life is water dancing to the tune of solid. And this is what makes fascia incredibly important is this excited state of water is literally dancing and that is found in the membranes. So when we're looking at fascia and this excited or 
uh, Emilio de uh, Giudice, he's the, he was another Italian physicist. I think Dr. Jared Pollock worked with him. He basically said this quantum coherent water is the basis of everything. This is the key for redox process, all chemical reactions and for protein to do what it's supposed to do. So all we're talking about is you listen to the sound that you resonate with, water gets excited and it completely determines your uh, longevity because it also activates the telomerase. It basically controls everything. And what we need to do is we need to dance. I think mobilizing fascia in a way that is much more dynamic and instinctive. And I think that's what I'm learning from animals and especially with different types of music because classical music is very logical. So in the beginning, it could bring us in that um, parasympathetic mode, but there are different types of vibrations that we're not conditioned to. And a lot of it is from the ancient culture or indigenous and other parts of the world that are not included in this published studies. And a lot of times they have the beats rather than the music. And that's what I hope people, um, people could explore that I would really want people to explore a different kind of rhythm and the beats and dance to that and then see what happened to the fascia because we see what happens with the plants. Um, they have 60 to 70% more yield crop when they listen to these kind of beats. So that's kind of my next project. And then see also what happens to the fascia and the water in the fascia um, when we dance. <laughs> you know, I love music. And one of the things Christine and I connect about is that we realized recently that we both were addicted to music festivals when we were kids. Mm. And now we're addicted to medical conferences. <laughs> and we find oftentimes we're dancing at these medical conferences. It's while so important. While whether it's in the conference, like Dr. Dispenza, all his events, there's a lot of dancing, a lot of raising of the vibration, the frequency. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have it at the conference, I do find just like we did, we find a group of us that are going to go find our way to dance because it, and I agree, like, and I know a lot of people that are listening to this are potentially going to listen to the fascia and chronic rescue, the fascia and chronic pain rescue summit. I get it. I've been in bed. I've, I've been laid up for three years at, at, in my early years and really in a lot of pain, missing mm. going to concerts, scared to death to go to concerts because I was mm. afraid the type of concerts I went to, there was a lot of what I'd call ecstatic dancing at this point yes, yes. And, and a little bit afraid of like, who's going to touch me, who's going to bounce into me. And, the, and it wasn't like formed dancing. It was like free dancing. Yes. And so initially that would have scared me, but I also know that throughout that whole time I was in pain. It's comical to think about. That's how I got into classical music because I found I couldn't focus. Mm -hmm. And while I was sitting in my massage chair to do all my computer work, cause it, it was a, holding me up. I was listening to classical music because it brought my in my stress level down. Yes. Because I felt so much pain and it was hard to focus on what I was reading rather than the pain. Mm -hmm. And I always listen to other music. I love music. I am not a musician to my mother's demise as well because she's also a <laughs> classically trained musician. And uh, Rasmus, who created Son of Soul, his parents too were classically trained musicians, and we all went into science. Mm -hmm. And here, here, Cat, Cat is like in between. She's like, eh, I, had, I had artists, and I had medicine, and I had both, and here we are. And now we're all coming together to realize that we have to entangle these like we are entangled. Mm -hmm. We are entangled to quantum, and quantum is about sound and light. And I ask you today, if nothing else, just turn on some classical music, or honestly, I'm going to put a particular artist out there whom I particularly love, who I know is working in the back scenes to really heal people with her frequency. Mm. And that's Leanne Rhymes. Mm. Okay. She has just put an album out on September 12th. It came out and her songs, the name of them are the awakening God's work. How much can the heart hold? Very there intentional. there Very will intentional. be a better day. And her music, I feel in my body. Mm. I wept the first time I heard mm. there will be a better day. 
three people I've played this for had no idea what they were listening to. And it's a very different frequency that Leanne has ever sang before. And they had no idea it was Leanne Rhymes. Everybody knows who Leanne's Rhymes is. My gosh, she's been a Grammy Award winner since she was like freaking 14 or something. But this is amazing. And go get, I don't honestly know the name of the album. I just know the names of the songs and that's a little embarrassing. Sorry, Leanne Rhymes, you're amazing. Um, but I do, there's so much music out there that heals and that is super intentional. And if we can just like sit in our chairs and start to vibrate, like we teach vibration platforms for limp, right? We teach um, the exercise ball, get that rebounders. Mm -hmm. What are we doing? We're creating a vibration. I have a good, my maid of honor is an international dance instructor. She calls this the penguin. When we're dancing like this, she calls this the penguin. But oh, I love so, it. I would argue that it's creating a vibration and therefore it's a healing frequency in the body. Yeah, absolutely. And you do not need, to Kat's point, you do not need expensive equipment. You do not need special training. You need to learn how to hum. Mm -hmm. Creates a frequency in your body and it's free. Yeah, exactly. It's very instinctive. I think that's where I would really encourage people people if it takes practice of course sometimes we have to unlearn to relearn um all medicine kind of began with observation and interpretation if we could observe differently we'll have different interpretation so music really started with a bond between mother and infant uh, that was really the music was not for entertainment music was for communal and you very much see this in dance in Africa versus ballet. And it's not to say one is better than the other. That's definitely not my point because I love ballet and I dance ballet twice a week. Um, <laughs> but it's very different kind of like someone who needs that balance, who needs that coherence right now. I think classical music and something that holds that uh, disciplined as well as self-control. I think some of these movement, classical music and the ballet will be wonderful for the fascia and then someone who just it's basically kind of like different beats right when we talk about alpha the beta or delta the theta you know what you need if you need more of the space and silence and organization well sound is the fundamental organizing what i want to encourage our audience is that art came first before science so whether it's the poem, whether it's the humming, whether it's your mantra, whether it's your dancing, whether it's listening to water, just know that that experience is in a way wider and deeper than the scientific uh, resonance that we're trying to prove. And you could be the evidence yourself. So just, just do what feels right. And for that, just tune in just tune in and see how you could explore your body within. Ride the waves and let music move you. And that's truly what sound healing is. Fascia has to move. There's no other way because music is gonna move the fascia or the water in the fascia and then they're off. So. And then you structure and you can hold the information and your body can be in healing mode. And I wanna to say to my audience, this is not the last you're gonna see. <laughs> I, I'm we are, we're going to create, I, I just have this hit and I, I hope she agrees. Like, I would like to create a, like a little mini masterclass. Yes, that that'd be great. In like December maybe, or, or January, give us a month or two to organize it, um, where we teach them and give them some active tools that they can use mm -hmm. for treating their fascia and structuring their water with sound and all the beautiful ways that we could do that together. Because I think I feel rather like you. I love the lymph, y'all. I really do. Fascia, as she said so good, once you understand fascia, and I would say water, you understand everything. And yeah. I feel truly honored to be able to represent Rasmus in the United States mm -hmm. and his equipment, Sound of Soul, because that man is one of the smartest individuals I've ever met because he studied water. Mm -hmm. I feel incredibly honored to be able to distribute Flow Prezzo, which is, allows mm -hmm. people to structure their water inside. And my heart is so full that my tribe is expanding with these beautiful souls, I call them the witches and the intergalactic wizards, both masculine and feminine, are coming together to bring the truth 
and engagement of that truth into our communities to allow people to experience the healing from within and how simple it is mm -hmm. and how profound and subtle it is at the same time. I cannot agree more. You said it so eloquently. Um, yes, it, was it, it wasn't really me. It was just like, okay, this is coming. Yeah. We're all seeking harmony. It's just all about balance. So wherever you are, just see if you could hike up a little so you could get a better view of where that imbalance is. When we're in that detail, we kind of lose the whole, as I said, where we came from, the whole picture. It's really important to always step back. When I paint, I always, you know, you have to step back, step back or so just hike up somewhere and see if you could change your perspective. And then from there, you could see things much more clearly. So if whatever is accumulating and cause the inflammatory response, see how you could kind of declutter and whatever is deficient, whether that is your heart's desire or the community and that sort of nourishment, make sure you channel towards that area. Um, but I think the world will definitely be a better place if we can mobilize our fascia as Kelly says, and then structuring that water and what structures that water is the vibration and behind the vibration is the truth. <laughs> Where can they find you, Kat? How they can I find me on my website, drkathyyo.com. And um, I'm not as active as I'll be sort of back in the jungle, but uh, all of my information is there. So, yeah. yeah. So one last question, and I'll let you go. Although I think I probably know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. I haven't asked this question in a while. Okay. If you had an opportunity to list, let's say there's 8 million people-ish in the world, and you have the opportunity right now to put a microphone and they all have to listen. Okay. What are you going to say to them? What is the secret you want them all to know? Uh, I think I would say definitely master in simplicity. Definitely. Uh, it, that's where you're going to find it. It's the space. It's the silence where you're going to hear the true sound. So we listen with our body, our pores. We don't listen just through our ear and limbic system. So yeah, create some space and silence and just master in simplicity. Mm, so beautiful. <laughs> you are simply beautiful. Oh, and, Kelly, it, it, the feeling is very mutual. I just feel so honored and I feel this is incredibly nourishing. I don't even have to have lunch and dinner today. I really mean <laughs> I know you. I know that that's probably true. <laughs> yes. So thank you all for listening and thank you for being part of our community and shining light on others as you spread these messages out into the world. I truly appreciate each and every one of you and all your engagement and do me a favor, rate this podcast because I just learned recently that's important <laughs> so we can get this yes. out to more people. So please do actively go and rate it because that makes it available for more people when they're searching for stuff. I didn't know this. I'm learning. Um, but we really want to raise the vibration. And honestly, I feel that the tipping point has occurred. I feel that there is definitely more people leaning toward the light than toward the dark, leaning mm. toward love than toward fear. And I feel like that that has occurred in the last four to five weeks. So I encourage you all to lean into the sound and the silence and the space and enjoy yourself. And thank you so much, Kat, for your time, your energy, your frequency, and your love. And I will see you very soon, I am sure. And thank for you For sure. Again. Thank you so much. From my heart to yours. Make sure to attend the Fascia Summit. It starts next week um, on the 24th. There's a link below where you can sign up for it. It's free the first week. You can also purchase mm -hmm. it. You can own all of these, um, all of the um, interviews as well as masterclasses. There's 50 total interviews and masterclasses all about wow. the Fascia. And I got to tell you, it's beyond fascinating to me. So now I'm calling myself the Fascia Fairy. So there you go. Join us next week and thank you again all for listening. Have a great day.
Thank you so much for listening today to this episode of The Beats. And as your host, Kelly Kennedy, truly from my heart to yours, thank you for your time and your attention today. And if this did resonate with you, please do leave some comments. We would love to hear from you. And if this further you think would resonate with somebody that you know, please do go ahead and share that and hit that notification button so you know when The Beats is available to you. We do do some live things every once in a while. Um, And as always, we pray that this information today was not only foundational, but raised some questions for you and helped you be empowered to take actionable, profound steps toward regeneration because your body is the only thing that heals. And that is our message here on The Beats. Thanks again for listening and for sharing. Have a great day.